Hello and welcome back to another episode of Swinging at Shins. I am joined, as always, by Aaron Slater. Aaron, how you doing? Uh, I'm not doing bad. Couldn't ask for anything better, really. How about you, Rhett? I'm doing great. What are you talking about? Couldn't ask for anything more. It's the holiday season. We're all full of turkey. We got World Cup on, four matches a day. In-laws wanted me out of there the second I got in, started turning the games on. It's great. (laughs) I got enough pie, so I think I can go another week without pie. Never too much pie. Absolutely. Another week. I could go and fill up on pie, but, you know. I hear you. I hear you. But apart from our holidays, let's talk about what the listeners want to hear, and that is World Cup stuff. We are through match day two, which means Mm -hmm. that everyone has faced two of the other three members of their group, and we're starting to get a good picture of where things may end up, Um, starting with Group A. Group A, as a quick reminder, was the Netherlands, Ecuador, Senegal, and Qatar. Qatar is the first out. Are you surprised Mm -hmm. by that? Nope. Yeah, I feel like we could have seen that coming. I am surprised that they got a goal. Um, so congratulations on getting their first World Cup goal and probably their only World Cup goal. But congratulations is necessary for them. We'll see. I mean, their uh, their next match is up against the Netherlands, which brings up a good point. The Netherlands are not technically through. However, they are top of the group now, and they yep. have Qatar to play. So they're as through as you can be without being through. Yeah. However, I want to bring up something. You said that you were surprised that they got a goal. Um they were pretty close, as you can see if you're watching this on YouTube. Um, with the stats, they actually had the higher goal expectancy at 0.96 to 0.75. It wasn't anything drastic. Uh, Ten shots, one big chance. You know, I I thought they looked good. Obviously, I thought Ecuador – I mean, sorry, not Ecuador, excuse me. Obviously, I thought Senegal looked better. And I think the XG isn't necessarily telling you everything that you should see here. But Mm -hmm. I thought the Qataris made themselves look good. I think they looked a lot better than their first match. Um, But, you know, they don't have enough firepower on their team. So it is what it is. They did a lot better passing, and their pass accuracy was way better. Um, You know... They got 10 shots off. That's not bad. I mean, they did do much better this one, but again. They did. And if you're watching, you can see quite a few shots were just at the top of the six-yard box. Um, quite a few outside the 18, though. Wasn't it this one that had the no-call PK? It was this yes. one. Yes, this was. Because it was no right call. after the Ronaldo soft PK. Yep. yep, the Ronaldo soft PK had been the day before. Um yeah. I remember I was watching this with my uncle, and he asked me to explain why it wasn't a PK, and I went, um, no idea. It's the host nation, so I don't know why. I mean, well, so he slowed up. He definitely slowed up, and he was definitely looking for it, and those two things played against him, and it's one of the reasons why I hate when attackers do that. However... Guy yeah. football tackle. I mean, American football tackled him. It yeah. should have been a PK. You uh-huh. could have turned around and yelled, I want you to hit me. I want you to hit me. You still have to give the PK in that moment. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that, that would have changed the game drastically. Uh, for those who aren't listening, sorry, for those who are listening and aren't watching, 
I don't remember the score off the top of your head. This one ended up Qatar one three Senegal. Um, I think Senegal got lucky with a couple of other goals. Mm-hmm. I do think. I, I think so. Yeah, I think so too. I think uh, they were uh, Diaz goal, the first one, I believe. That one, that one came out of nowhere. He just happened to be in the right place and put his foot on the ball at the right time, and it ripped it right in there. Yep. Um, yep. The other two weren't terrible as far as, you know, um, I'm not going to pronounce the second goal scorer because I'm just, nope. I'm going to nope that one. Um, But I thought it was actually, oh, that was the header. That one was a nasty header too. Um, Oh, that was one of those beautiful looping headers that just goes on everybody. Yep, I remember. And, you know, this is this is one of the things people who listen to this hear me talk about expected goal difference a lot. And I do think expected goal and expected goal difference gives you a good idea of how well the game was played. However, it is not everything. Um, and no. I think that proves it. Uh, you take it with, like, a, a grain of salt, essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I remember them pronouncing the second goal scorer's name, and I remember being surprised that that's how it's pronounced. But no, I'm not going to take a crack at it either. Anyway, uh, Senegal with four points, technically second only on goal differential to the Netherlands. Yep. Um, and I think that they look really good. Um, I also think they're going to go through. Well, maybe not. Sorry. Oh, yeah, Senegal is technically second because the second match out of Group A was the Netherlands and Ecuador. Um, that one finished in a 1-1 draw, and here's what I think is very interesting. Uh, the Netherlands had two total shots for an expected goals of 0.1, while Ecuador had 15 shots with an expected goals of 1.68. You, you, you turn on this game, and you see Ecuador play, and you're like, all right, okay, it's the Netherlands. Ecuador is going to play up, and the Netherlands are going to be fine. And then the Netherlands go ahead first, and you go, okay, and then Ecuador get the get a goal back. And you're just thinking to yourself, well, that's what happens to good teams. But then you sit and you look at these stats, and you got to, like, wow, the Netherlands do not look that good right now. No, it was kind of, uh, I don't want to say tough to watch the Netherlands play, but it looked – uh, dysfunctional. Um, Ecuador seemed to play with a little bit more venom in their game than uh, the Netherlands did. Um, they Ecuador had that goal called back just before halftime too, which was a crazy close offsides ruling that they had, but uh, which could have leveled it right there at halftime, and we could be talking about an Ecuador win instead of an Ecuador draw, which still sounds good in their books nonetheless. But, uh, you know, I don't think this Ecuador team is a team uh, we should write off. No, no. I think this Ecuador team looks very good. Um, And also I am beginning to realize that I had – my group's mixed up. I'm going to go back to this real quick to look at it. Yep, so it is Ecuador tied with Netherlands at four apiece. They're actually also tied on goal difference, so there's nothing separating these two teams. Both have three goals for, one goal against. Senegal's in third, in third with three uh, points. 
I'm wondering um, how that's going to play out. Like, if, if this happens to stay a tie up top, which it might won't. not. But if it does, um, it won't because Netherlands plays guitar. So, so, this so is we the way can it assume does. that so they're going to win by plus two. These are the tiebreakers as I know them. First one's goal difference, obviously. After that, it's amount of goals scored. Oh. After that, it's least amount of points from a foul perspective. So, like, a yellow card gets you three oh, points, a yellow right. and a red gets you five, and so on. I don't remember all of those numbers off the top of my head because I made that needlessly complicated. Um, but that is – those are the tiebreakers, and I do not know that off the top of my head. I will tell you this. The Netherlands go up against a very weak Qatari side, mm-hmm. and Ecuador is going to be playing for their lives. So the yeah. Netherlands will probably go through on top on goal difference – if the Ecuadorians win simply because they still have the weaker opponent to play. That would be my guess. Uh, if you've been listening, you know that we're wrong a lot this World Cup because this World <laughs> Cup is crazy in a yeah. very good way, in a very entertaining way. But I crazy saw that is it, 30, 30 teams are still in bid to get through. Yeah, Canada only two are and out. Qatar. Canada and Qatar are the only ones yeah. out. Everyone else is still ready to play. Still wild. Out. Um, just want to look over this. Uh, when Senegal won, they were the first African team to win. No African team won. Men match day one. Um, yeah. And yeah, it, Ecuador and Senegal both hold it. I mean, whoever, if they win, if they get a draw, Ecuador is through. But if not, yep. whoever wins that match goes through. And that yep. is what we love about Match Day 3. Match Day 3 yeah. is so much fun. It's going to be fireworks for everybody. Oh, yeah. All right. Moving on to Group B. Uh, we've touched on Group B quite a lot in our Wicked Good Sports clips. Um, this show is a spinoff from Wicked Good Sports. I guess not a spinoff, more of a sister show. Mm-hmm. Um I started off doing the Way West Stand. Aaron followed very shortly after with the Villa Villa, and now we do Swinging at Shins clips as well, all on Wicked Good Sports. Wicked Good Sports also has all your sporting needs. They have just tonight. They recorded the Bayou Breakdown, which does the um, St. Louis. Sorry, no, nope. Louis Saints. New Orleans Saints. Yep, New Orleans Saints, mm-hmm. and uh, the Boston Celtics in. Um, at the buzzer, and Brian is just on point. The second a Miami Dolphins game is over, Brian is recording the Miami Minute. We have Power Play that covers the Bruins. We we got a ton of stuff, so make sure you go to Wiki Good Sports and Wiki Good Sports Pod on Instagram. All the links are in our bio. Um, give them a like, give them a subscribe, and hang around. Anyway, back to Group B. <clears throat> like I said, we talked about the England-USA match at length. Um, the Iranian-Welsh match. Uh, I thought it was very interesting. A lot of people are saying, you know, there was a go- red card at the end, especially with the goalkeeper. Yep. And people were talking about how close that is. The stats tell a very interesting story. Uh, 21 shots by Iran, almost none of them close. <laughs> um Fouls committed were pretty much the same. Offsides were exactly the same. Corners, you got seven, um, probably due to the amount of shots they took. Some of them are going to bounce off people. But again, uh, Iran had almost double the expected goals, and they ended up with the 2-0 win. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's good for them. But if they keep that pass accuracy, which 
for listeners is a 66 percent um which i'm told isn't good uh <laughs> adam should eat all them passes up there and be able to you know do some damage with our attackers um but you know it is a lot of shots and it did they a lot of shots create, you know, more expected goals because you're expected to score with 21 shots. I, but they're I, not all quality. They're not all quality. Say, you're not expected. That, that, that brings the assumption that the 21 shots were 21 shots worth taking. And for the majority, they were not. No. I got to tell you, looking at these stats, I have a little bit more confidence for tomorrow. I really do. Less than 200 passes. Yeah, I just saw that. Spain almost had a thousand against Costa Rica, and these guys had less than two hundred passes. They took twenty-one shots, sure, but one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of them were actually inside the box against a Wales team that we really should have beaten. Um, I think with how good our midfield is, and this is something that we did talk about. Um, I am gonna harp on this a bit because we got a lot wrong, but we got this right. The Iranian midfield is not that good. No. And our midfield is our strength. I yep. I think we win tomorrow. I really do. I think we win. And I'm going to tell you this, even though I have a bet against it, with how poor the Netherlands is playing, if they come out of Group A as winners, I think we could. I think we might be able to take them. I really do. I Cody think Gakko, we should have Gakko. Cody Gakko is all worried about his move to Man United. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's going to show up, but – we we might stand a chance. I might be uh, shelling out for a jersey. Good. Might. I mean, might. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Don't worry. I'm gonna get my payment tomorrow. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Um, moving on to Group C. Uh, actually, real quick, let's do a uh, Group B second game: England versus the United States. Again, we have talked about this at length on the other site. I just want to know, is there anything else about this game that you want to bring up? Uh, Matt Turner should have gotten man of the match, not Pulisic. I'm sorry for all those Puli lovers, but he's not the guy who saved the match. Of, you know, from Matt Turner right now is the best informed player on the U.S. men's team. I will say that. Mm, I'm also giving Tyler Adams, too. Tyler Adams is playing very, very well, but if we're talking about form over a long time, like over the season, Matt Turner is so good. That's fair. Matt Turner is so good. Tyler Adams is great. Um, In fact, I told Aaron he could have any jersey he wants. He doesn't get any jersey he wants. I'm buying him a Tyler Adams jersey. He's going (laughs) to love it, so it's okay. Anyway, moving on to Group C. Group C, currently Poland on top with four points, Argentina with three, Saudi Arabia with three, with a negative one goal difference, and Mexico with one point and a negative two. Tell me, what jumps out with you? Uh, the fact that Mexico is getting so beat up in this uh, uh, group here. I really expected them to do a little bit better, um, especially because they show out for tournaments like we've said over and over again. Um, they might win against Saudi Arabia. I'm going to be honest; they're looking pretty good too. Um, they yeah, I, I want to get group. to the Saudis. The Saudis had a very interesting day out. I think. Um, 
I agree with you. Right now, I kind of expected Poland and Mexico to be flipped. I mean, that's not true. I expected Argentina on six, Mexico on three, and yeah. Poland and Saudi Arabia on nil right now. That's what I expected. Um, but I want to get into this real quick. Uh, the Saudi Arabians, famous, famous win. They all got gifted Rolls Royces, and it was a national holiday after they beat Argentina. And we talked about this a lot. They had 0.15 expected goals. Um against Argentina. Mm-hmm. And against Poland, they had 1.73, which beat Poland's 1.56, and they lose the match. Not only that, they failed to score. Man, expected goals is just... It's a weird stat, man. It's it one of those weird, weird stats. Saudi Arabia had two-thirds of the possession, essentially. They had 16 shots. They had 450 passes. It looks like neither team was called offside once. I didn't actually have a chance to watch this. I did a little bit, but not enough. Um, I will say that Saudi Arabia did have a PK, which will increase your extra way up high. Um, That being said, I still think that they played well from the highlights that I saw. I don't think this team was another another team to write off. We'll probably have to remember that the next time they're in the World Cup because I, I don't see a reason why they shouldn't be. It'll be interesting to see in four years when we're doing this for a living and all those good and wonderful things, yep. doing a deep dive into Saudi Arabia's team because they're one of those where it's very tough to know how well how good they are because they almost all play in their own home league. Yep. Um, but the other thing is I have no idea what the age of this team is. That's fair. I know they're not the youngest. I know they're not Ghana and the U.S., which are both 24-ish, under 25. Um, but I don't know if these guys are 26 years old or 32 years old. <laughs> um, so to your point, like, is this a mini golden generation that we're in, or are they here to stay as mm-hmm. much as Saudi Arabia would stay? Yeah. But still, they perform very well. Uh, that being said, you can't keep Lewandowski down for this long. He was always no. <clears throat> I agree. Uh, I'm glad he did. He finally got that uh, weight off his shoulders. So congratulations, Louie, for getting that goal. Um, I still don't think he deserves man of the match either. I think it's one of those um, popularity contest deals. And I, I think uh, popularity contest. Uh, Shoshesny should have gotten man of the match. I mean, hell, he stopped the PK. It was two or three other shot opportunities that he had uh, deflected away or saved as well. And uh, if, you know, he wasn't in there, does this happen? You know, so we could look at a draw. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. Um, on to the next match, which I thought was very interesting. Uh, Argentina versus Mexico. Did you have a chance to sit down and watch the entirety of this match? Because uh, yes, I mean, this I was did. all around Thanksgiving, and it was difficult yeah, I did, to actually. sit down and watch matches. But I sat down and watched this match, mm-hmm. and I got to tell you, I am not the least bit surprised by the numbers that I see on my stat sheet in front of me. Possession slightly more Argentinian, but pretty close. Expected goals, neither team got above a point four. It was point three two to Argentina, and point two seven to Mexico. And I bring that up. Because when Argentina lost 2-1 to one to Saudi Arabia, they had 2.26 expected goals, and they beat Mexico 2-0 to nil 
and they weren't even expected to have half of one, much less one. Shows you, and we brought this up. This is what class does. I mean, Leo Messi. That was that was like nonchalant. Uh, it, was just, it was so someone, beautiful. Someone posted on one of the social medias. I don't remember which, but someone just posted him kicking that goal, and it was just like that. Oh, I forgot. I'm the greatest. And then she's <laughs> kicking like it was like the I don't it I don't know. It almost didn't happen. Like it was like. I almost didn't think he got the shot off. It was so nonchalant. It, it was one of those who but messy kind of deal. Yeah. Ronaldo's not doing that. Ronaldo does a lot. No. Well, I'm not hating on Ronaldo, but Ronaldo's not doing that. I will have pick that slack up. Uh, one thing I do think, you know, this, this is a bit of a return of form to Argentina, and I wonder if that played a part. Um, they have not lost to Mexico in their last 10 matches. Eight wins, two draws. I mean, it's like picking on little brother at that point. They they needed Mexico to bounce back kind of deal. Yep. Yep. Uh, I agree. As to your point. Um, I don't think there was other than other than Messi's a beautiful goal. I don't think there was much into this match. No, no. Um, you had written a note here. Uh, again, a lot of offsides. And I think that that's the thing that is playing with Argentina a lot right now. They've had a ton of goals and a ton of offsides, like a ton of goals called back and a ton of offsides called against them. And when they figure that out and they start ending up just onside instead of just offside, you're going to see a lot of goals. Yeah. All right. Um, looking ahead in this group, Argentina face Poland. Um, if Argentina gets a win, they're top of the group. If they get a draw or anything less, Poland is top of the group. And Argentina is going to be playing for a win because if Saudi Arabia managed to beat Mexico and Argentina doesn't get a result, they are going to be gone. In fact, if Argentina and Saudi Arabia both get a result, but Saudi Arabia win by more than two goals, I think they would, yeah, they would go ahead by the goal four. So Argentina really... They're not technically in a must-win, but they're kind of in a must-win, especially because no idea what Mexico is going to do. They're in a must-result right now. Yeah, like at worst-case scenario, it's must-result. Yeah, you you really need to be you really need to win. If you win, you assure yourself that you're going to be fine. Um, it's going to be interesting though. Like if Hope. Saudi Arabia get a result against Mexico, and Mexico has not looked as good as we thought they would. Mm-hmm. However, if Argentina beat Poland and Mexico beat Saudi Arabia, now we're looking at Mexico getting through on second, and this is back to exactly what you and I thought this group would be. Man, this group yeah. is topsy turvy. Yeah, this this group in Saudi Arabia could end up in the knockout round too. Yeah, Saudi Arabia could win this group. It's, it's crazy. If Poland and Argentina draw, and Saudi Arabia beat Mexico, they win the group. I love this group. This, this is group what is World great. Cups are written about. <laughs> oh my god all right we are just three groups in holy crap going on to the next group it is group d uh also a very interesting group um, yep anybody's game yeah almost anybody's i mean uh france is locked up yeah well yeah they're they're through uh they're not for sure group winners however australia would need to beat denmark Yes. I don't know. I don't know anymore. 
Hold on. Let me pull this up real quick. Move over to the group D. Yes, Australia lost to No. They Australia beat Tunisia. No, they drew. Yes, they drew. They lost to France. They drew yep. Tunisia. Australia would need Denmark. to beat Denmark. And France would have to lose. And there would have to be a goal difference swing of six. Anything's possible. I do not see France losing by four. And I, I do not I do not see France losing by three. I do not see Australia winning by three. Yeah. So yeah. All of that, very roundabout way to say. France pretty much has this group locked up. Uh, second's going to be very interesting. Because, um, again, it's one of those uh, – France has already beaten Australia, and they just mm-hmm. got done beating Denmark. And one thing um, – going to skip ahead, then we'll come back. This French-Denmark game, it was 2-1. to one. It was not that close. Um, this is another game I got to watch. It was not close. And again, I am just amazed with how good France look. On the ball, off the ball, movement off the ball, overlapping runs, underlapping runs. Griezmann's playing the near side. He's playing the far side. He's playing through the middle. And Mbappe's playing on the near side. No, he's on the far side. It's just it. everything they did just seemed to work so well. Um, I'm Denmark dizzy. Yeah, I give a lot of credit to Denmark that they only let in two goals. Um, they got the one back to make it 1-1 at one point, and that was interesting. Uh, yeah. But France is a powerhouse, and you and I did not see it coming, and we gave our reasons why. And I think it's fair to say that we were just flat out wrong. I think France is just – it's almost a next man up mentality. We don't have Benzema, fine. Here's Giroud, here's Mbappe, here's Griezmann, here's – Dembele, here's all these guys. I don't care. Yeah, there's no egos. Whoever scores, scores. Yeah, Mbappe got both the goals, and everyone's going to be talking about how good Mbappe was. But the amount of chances they had, it was him dishing it as much as it was him finishing it. He was just the one who got the finishes. Yeah. So yeah, uh, France, France team to beat. Although someone laid it out right now, it looks like. If France is going to make it to the finals, they'll face Argentina in the round of 16, mm-hmm. which no one wants to do. No. Again, I don't think that's going to happen because I think Argentina is going to win and top the group. However, right now, Argentina in the round of 16, then England in the quarters, then Portugal in the semis, and then Brazil in the finals. Like, If they could face all their, all their hardest opponents, which again, is not going to happen because this World Cup is topsy-turvy. Yeah. But that's a hell of a road to get out of the group stages and have to have to go through. But man, they look good. Um, on to the other match, Tunisia and Australia. Uh, this is one of those one no wins where Australia just took advantage of the chances that they had, and Tunisia yep. didn't. That's not surprising though. Tunisia's kind of like that though. Um, so credit Australia for getting the goal early and hanging on to it for the rest of the match. Yeah, um, yep. they did. They scored early again. Yeah, which a lot of people forget. They scored first in that France defeat. It says after that it was all France. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I mean, if Australia can score that first goal and then park the bus against Denmark – Oh, wait, right. 
that Mark Yaw is right. Yeah. Maybe it's possible. Maybe it's possible. Well, and here's the thing. Unless Tunisia pulls off like a worldie against France, all Australia needs to play for is a tie. Like a draw will probably get them through. I'm having a hard time imagining Tunisia beating France. I'm having yeah. a hard time imagining <laughs> France. Like yeah. trying to keep that work in my head. I don't know how it happens unless it, France gets food poisoning. All of them eat bad escargot. So then Australia only has to worry about Denmark, and it, a draw sees them through in four points, and that's yeah. that. So. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, that being said, I don't know. My gut says Denmark wins that game. Probably, um, because that's, uh, just want to look at something real quick. Yeah, Denmark had 86% passing rate. I want to say it was only 68. It was 68% for, um, Australia in this match. So that doesn't bode well for them. Um, yeah. Australia only took nine shots. Uh, they only made 239 accurate passes. Yeah, you do have to wonder to a point, like, all right, so Australia scored two early goals. Do we really, like, do we expect them to score a third? Again, do we expect them to do it again? I don't, but that's me. All right, on to Group E. Group E is a fun group. Uh, Group E is one of those groups that everyone thought was going to be really far apart after match day one, and it's not. Mm -hmm. Um, No, this is another – all the groups are weird. This World Cup has been weird. Speaking of weird, uh, Costa Rica got the win. Yeah, I don't know what's up with that. Here's the weird part. Really lucky. They have a negative six goal differential. Yep. They're going to have the lowest goal differential of any team that has at least three points in the World Cup. I guarantee it. That's got to be crazy. Um, Anyway, looking Mm -hmm. at this Costa Rican, four shots, one of them managed to go in. It's as simple as that. Um, Japan had 500 passes. They had an expected goal of 0.88, almost 9. 13 shots, 5 corners, and uh, could not find any way to get the ball into the net. And Costa Rica got the one late in the game. It was the 81st minute, and that was that. Yeah, I mean, pretty much this game was all uh, Japan's fault for losing. Yeah, no, they had many opportunities to score. Many, they they just that was another one of those games where they lacked a killer threat to score. Mm-hmm. You you put it in better words than I did. We took notes before this. We share a drive and we take notes. Uh, my notes of this game was Japan poor, Costa Rica looked better but lucky. You actually got into it. Talked about lack of venom, and it was again. It was everything was. In your words, misplaced, mistimed, mishit. Yeah. You just, it, they never seemed comfortable. Never got a good foot in the ball. No, not once. And that, and it shows. I mean, the 13 shots, um, the seven block shots, you know, um, 
the they had a good number of shots inside and outside the box, but just they there wasn't enough to actually be put on target with the 13 shots. They only had three. Um, they had no big chances. Um, they committed 22 fouls. That's the whole side thing, but I just wanted to make that note. Uh, you know, it's just, it was Japan's undoing. I wonder if, I wonder if this was because they played so hard against Germany that it, it kind of was like a, a carryover, like a, a hangover of, of that win. It could be. It could be. Um, I have to wonder, especially as a lead into the next game, are the Germans just really bad against East Asian teams? <laughs> because Germany faced Spain in the second match of match day two in this group. Uh, beat them by more than double in expected goals. Had more shots, had more big chances. Yeah. And managed a 1-1 draw and a 1-1 draw that it looked like they weren't necessarily even going to get. I I don't know what we have to do. Do we have to fly to Qatar to slap Flick in the face and tell him that he needs to start uh, Fulkenrug? Folk, I, I think I think, I think it's Fulkenrug, but okay. I, I don't know. It, it's tough for me, man. I studied some German, and even that word's like, I don't know how to say that. <laughs> Um, I think he understood it now, and I think it's because he got it from both sides. I thought this was very interesting. Um, these were two teams that you and I both said set up very similarly. Killer midfields, tons of talent, some of it old, some of it, most of it young. Great teams. However, where are the goals going to come from? Yep. Murata was subbed on in the 54th minute. And eight minutes later, he gets the Spain up one no, and Folk, I'm, not put, I'm, I'm I'm doing folk rug. That that is, that is how I'm doing it. I am an American. <laughs> I am sorry. Someone please comment on the way to say his name. He gets put on in the 70th minute, and in the 83rd minute, he score brings him level. It's almost like you put on strikers and they strike. Weird concept, I know. My problem, my problem with Flick, and I think that Flick hasn't, and again. I know people are going to say I'm a Louis Enrique fanboy, and you know what? I am because he's a great fucking coach. Yeah. My problem with Flick is it's not that it's not that you need a striker to score goals. Why in God's name are you putting Mueller in the nine position? I have no idea. That man shouldn't be playing there. Maybe the last World Cup you can get away with it, and definitely the World Cup before that. But not that now. man, that man's a ten. You don't put him and, anywhere and you know up top. The problem is you have Gundogan. And I understand it's Müller and he's German and he's the epitome of Germany at the World Cup. But I don't know where his spot in the squad is. And I think that's okay. Because when you have Kimmich and Goretzka and Gundogan and Musiala, who played much better this match. He yeah. Much, much better this match. Yeah. And Gnabry. Sane's left on the bench. Sane's on the bench. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's one of those. Havertz is on the bench. Makoko's yeah. on the bench. Bryant's on the bench. They got, uh, yep, that's all their attacking players right there. Well, and again, I will say this, and it's probably because he's playing well for Frankfurt, but 
If you need a goal late in the World Cup, Mario Gozzo has proven that he knows exactly how to do it. They're just saving him for the final. <laughs> saving him for the final if we get there. <laughs> uh, needless to say, I'm going to tell you, I'm holding by, I, at this point, I think Spain wins the group. Yeah. I think Spain beats Japan. Probably. And all Germany has to do is beat Costa Rica. Which is a possibility. Uh, it's a very good possibility. In fact, Could you imagine if Japan draws against Spain and then Germany wins, but they only, it's only a one nothing win? Yeah. Yeah. For those of you not paying attention or not on YouTube, that would put them equal in gold. Oh, no. Germany would gold be gold differential. No, they'd it be would, on gold differential. Yes. They would be. But equal then there's another. But Germany would go through because they would have scored more goals. Yeah. Potentially, could be a 3-3 draw with Spain and Japan. Again, guys, I'm telling you, match day three in the World Cup, it's like it's like an entire month of the NHL playoffs condensed in like a week. Yep. It's insanity. Absolute insanity. All right, moving on to Group F. Um, yeah, I think this is exactly the way you and I thought it was going to go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Croatia with four points and Morocco with four points. Croatia only ahead on goal difference. Belgium with three points and a negative one goal difference. And Canada uh-huh. with no points and negative four. We'll get to Canada in a minute. Don't you worry. Uh, walk me through how much of a mess this Belgian team is. Um, I actually didn't get to watch this game, but I will tell you it's probably not good because – First off, when Germany got that loss and they did their protest with the whole mouth covering thing, which uh, mm-hmm. good for them, they want to they want to speak out on what they feel is right. Hazard, Eden Hazard, I should yep. say, yep, um, came out with a statement and say, saying, um, "I'm just going to do ver- verbatim." No, I, I actually I have it I have it you in have my head it. because it stuck with me Go the ahead. way he said it. He said they would have done better if they had said nothing and won the match because we are here to play football. How pretentious. Uh, yeah, and you got to back that shit up because it sounds worse when you're pretentious and then lose. And I got to tell you right now, the Belgians are showing their French side because you want to yeah. talk about a locker room implosion. Between that, and I couldn't believe this. I could not believe that KDB, of all people, when asked if they were going to win the World Cup, went, no, we're too old. Who says that? I think he just wants to go home and win an EPL trophy. Well, five points behind Arsenal. <laughs> but, and then, I mean, the infighting, Vertonghen, after the loss, said, oh, oh. Well, are we too old in the up front to score? It's like, well, yeah, Thorgan Hazard's 29. Eden Hazard's 31. Yeah, something like that. ADB may be the best player in the world on his day, but he can't make it happen. Yep. You have Batuai up top. Yeah. It's not great. Kaku's not healthy. They're pulling in Lissandro Trossard. I mean, he's good for Brighton, but is the World Cup starter subbing worthy? I don't think you sub sub him in if Lukaku's in. I would have Batuai instead. Here's the other thing I think is worth bringing up. Uh, Brian, 
from Wiki Good Sports. We're all in the messenger group. And he was watching the Belgian match, and he said about halfway through the match, wow, Belgian goal, the Belgian goalkeeper is not very good. And I said, no, it's Thibaut Courtois. He plays for Real Madrid. You know, he's one of the best in the world. Brian was right on this match day. Thibaut Courtois played like crap. Hmm. He had a goal that was called back because um, this game probably should have ended up 3-0 Morocco. They yeah. had a goal that was called back. I don't know how he missed it. I was making excuses for him, but now that I've seen it a couple times, I don't know how he missed it. But he did. He just missed it. It was one of those looping header, like looping cross into the box that you think the guy's going to get head on, and he doesn't. But he was playing it as if the guy wasn't going to get a head on it, and he still missed the punch. Weird. Yeah, it does not look very good at all. Um, Which brings us into the second match. Um, Looking at how bad the Belgians were and looking at what happened in the Croatia-Canada match, I know we had the bet, and I know that you and I have had disagreements on Team Canada. And uh, by the way, for anyone interested, there is going to be a reel coming out tomorrow of this guy chugging an eight-ounce bottle of Adirondack maple syrup because he was wrong and I was right. But besides, holy by so little too. Oh, it's so annoying. <laughs> anyway, so Canada, and I want to bring this up. Canada played two of the semifinalists of the 2018 World Cup in the first two groups, first two matches. Which you're going to say, well, obviously they didn't win. And I'm going to say, yes, that's why I didn't think they'd advance. However, they got beaten by Croatia 4-1. to And I got to tell you, I think Croatia deserved every one of those four goals. And Canada lost to that Belgian side. That looked terrible. Terrible in their second match day. Match. Yeah. Canada's fun to watch. They're... Athletic, they're quick, they're decisive, they're attacking. I still have to wonder: Are they actually that good? I, I don't know. I just kind of like watching them. They they have more life to them than you know. Uh, sadly to say, the United States. Um, they have more life to them than almost every. I, like, they've had more I, life right than now, Mexico. Right they have more life than Mexico. They have more life than. The way Argentina's played most of their matches, they definitely have more life than the way Belgium, you know, Belgium has. Yep. Um, they have more life than a lot of guys. In fact, the only team that I have had a chance to watch, and that's because I get the two o'clock games, so I watch them consistently. Uh, Brazil seems just as lively, but they're Brazilians. Like that's just what. Oh, I yeah. Do um, They're a fun team to watch. They're an incredibly fun team to watch. Yeah. I still don't think they're that good. And I know that's easy for me to say right now because they're on a negative four goal differential with no points in the World Cup. And I know that's easy for me to say because I said I didn't think they were going to do anything. However, watching them, even now when I give them a ton of credit for being a decisive team and a good team, I I don't know. I didn't see anything that made me think, oh, they're going to win the game. I saw a lot of things that made me think they could. I saw a lot of things that made me think, Oh, man, wouldn't it be cool if – but I don't know if I ever saw one thing that made me go, yeah, they got it. Only at, 
only after the first goal is scored. I thought maybe they have it for this game, but Croatia figured, you know, it was one of those goals that were too early scored. Yeah, it's weird to say if you're not a fan of the uh, of soccer, sometimes that just happens where you just score a goal too early and you sit back and relax and then you get pounded by class. And that's just what Croatia did. Well, and Croatia is class. Um, they're they're slow, but they are disciplined. Yep. And again, I'm going to say these three names again: Brozovic, Modric, and Kovacic. That midfield, if you let them wear you down, they will wear you down for everything that you have. They're brutal. They're really good, and. I do think a lot of this, and it'll be interesting to see now that Canada is doing so much better and they're going to be facing better people if they grow, which they will. I mean, I think Hedman's a good coach. I don't, I think he's a fiery coach, and I think that he yeah. gets a lot of attention that maybe he doesn't necessarily deserve based on merit alone. Mm-hmm. But I do think he's a good coach. Yep. Hmm. Sorry. Excuse me. It's been we've been waking up early to watch games and working and everything. It's been a lot. Anyway, I think that everyone in Canada is just night young, young to the point of being naive. Probably. Um, Alfonso Davies still thinks he can win on his own. There's been some rumblings from the Canadian camp about that. Hmm. Um, and I get it. He's on Bayern, so why couldn't he? Right, but. Uh, you can't do anything on your own in the World Cup. Yep. And I think that Croatia are a bunch of older battle-hardened. I mean, Modric has won everything but the World Cup. Hmm. Kovacic, I mean, these guys have been here before. They've been in Europe before. They've been doing all this stuff before. It's just it's that experience factor that everyone likes to say, oh, well, that's why they won whenever a slightly older team beats a younger team. And most of the time I go, nah, it's BS. It was this, it was that. With this game, I really think that's what it was. You just had a very experienced team. I mean, Croatia is coming off a trip to the finals. And Canada yeah. is coming off of being 91st in the FIFA rankings. Well, uh, I guess, the, you know, looking, looking lethal versus actually being lethal is what separate, separated those two. Oh, yeah, before we go too far ahead, one thing I do want to bring up. We we did it again. We talked about only the Belgians in their group. Uh, One thing that has to be brought up, two things after E. Three things. First of all, Amrabat from Morocco. Holy crap, is he good. He was really, really good. I didn't get to watch this game, so I'll take your word for it. And then he he was just like he was the best number 10. I mean, and it, it was easy because it's easy to say that in like a whole KDB wasn't, but on the field, he was fantastic. <laughs> and then their fullbacks, Hakimi at PSG and uh, Maz, Mazroi, I think is how you pronounce his name. He only plays for Bayern Munich. So um, moral of the story is we should have done a little bit more research about Morocco because we wrote right. Morocco off and they have a really solid team. And it took us this World Cup to see it, but they have it. Maybe I should have stuck to my guns on that first drop that I had. Probably should have. There oh, well. probably you had a subconscious reason why you thought. <laughs> I don't know what happened. You let me talk you out of it, man. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, on to the penultimate group. 
uh, Group G, Cameroon and Serbia. Um, I do not think that this was the best technical football match I've watched all World Cup because it's not. However, not even a little. Might have been the most fun. Yes. I mean, they were just going after each other. That was uh, punch for punch. Three all draw. Yep. A ton of fun. Um, I think you can make the argument that Cameroon should have come away with a victory. However, Serbia almost doubled them up on passes. Um, had the lion's share of the possession. I don't know. I, I think that... I think this game ended the way it should have. Honestly, I don't think this game should have decided a winner. Well, I'm looking at this. It was the it was the point, the first points that both teams got. So it's a draw. So they're both sitting on one point. And I think that right now it's one of those matches where one low end member of a group and another low end member of a group just put on an absolute cracker because they match up well. And as much fun as this is, this has no bearing on anything that's going to happen for the rest of this World Cup. You know, no, it's probably not. When the Lions and the Browns manage to have a really good game, and it's <laughs> fun, and it's awesome, and it doesn't matter at the end of the season. Uh, going on to the second match, which was, I think, definitely the much better technical match, Brazil and Switzerland, coming away with a 1-0 Brazil win. Um, I think deserve it. I yeah. think Switzerland looked really good. I think yep. Brazil just looked better. Yep, they looked like Brazil. They looked mm-hmm. like a really fresh. Vinicius Junior looked so fun to watch there on the left. Ah, oh, it was so cool. Had that one uh, goal call back. Yeah, just because one. Uh, who was it? Somebody was being super lazy. Yep. About getting back onside. But, I don't remember uh, who it was, but I know what you're talking about. But that guy, lazy. The, the Casemiro goal beautifully worked. I mean, beautifully worked. Do you that think? Was, do you think ahead. Jan Summers gets to that? If uh, I don't remember the central defender, but his his dunk got on it, redirected it just a little bit. Maybe. Maybe, but I, all right. So here, here's what I will say to that: Does he get to it? I don't know. Does it matter? No. I understand that that was the one goal that they scored, and I understand that it scored in the 83rd minute. But I will bet my bottom dollar that if they didn't get that goal, they would have got another one somewhere else. They were looking threatening. They were it's all troops ahead kind of deal. You know, and I understand um, you have notes in here. Uh, Brazil looks shaky. Um, so everyone's bringing up the Neymar thing. If we look at Brazil's starting 11, it was changed up a bit. It wasn't just – I. I yeah, they started Fred and – Fred, Yeah, Fred was started. Uh, I will never understand that. I will never understand why anyone starts Fred. I will never no. understand Fred. Um, and Delino was out too because of ankle injury. Yep, they started Fred uh, Militao or the Sandro. Delino is a kind of a, okay. He's a right back. I was right. Yeah. Um, well, and Militao has uh, Brazil has a right back problem. It's being covered up <laughs> because 
of how good the rest of it is. They have the opposite of what England has. Yes, they do. Um, I also think I'm wearing an AFC hat, so this probably isn't going to sound that good. But I know Richard Olsen looks so good in that first match. However, he has done this so many times. Where he looks good one match. One cracker of a match and then just doesn't show up. Yep. I was kind of thinking that's what the Richarlison we were going to get this match was. It's like he just flung himself at everything to make him look like he was doing stuff. But again, like, so he got taken off in the 73rd minute for Gabriel Jesus, which looks even worse with this hat on. Um, I thought they looked better after that. Is Jesus your true number nine that you're trying to get the ball to? No, but he won the ball back and he played off people so well. Vinicius came alive. Right. I wonder if a little bit of that was also Rodrigo too. Rodrigo well, looked actually really good too. Rodrigo looked fantastic after yeah. that. Who also he didn't start. Oh yeah, he was the other one that didn't start. I was going to bring up. He gets subbed on by. He started. Yeah. He was started. Rodrigo came in in the 46th minute, um, and I did not have a chance to watch why at 46 minutes. I don't know. I don't think he was a halftime substitution. It would have said 45, though. So I, I didn't either, so I have no idea what the context of that sub is. Yeah, um, I, I'm with you. I would agree to say – I would agree that it should have said 45 if that's what it was. Um, but, yeah, that, that was – Rodrigo didn't start. Fred did. Yep. Which means Bruno Guimaraes – I mean, he came on in the 58th. Guimaraes. Guimaraes, yes. I'm sorry. You are correct. I'm not 100% sold. On him in the national team, I'm 100% sold on him in the Premier League. Yeah, he's a um, baller. I am not 100% sold on him in this national team. Uh, I think Rafinha did very well. I think Anthony didn't do as well, but Anthony also hasn't had the minutes. Yeah, he had a knock too that he picked up before um, the World Cup even started, so he's probably still working off that. Anyway, looking at this group, uh, Brazil are through. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, unless there's a goal differential swing, unless Brazil lose and there's a goal differential swing with Switzerland of greater than three, Brazil win, like win the group, top the group. Yeah. Um, that being said, this is kind of shaping up exactly the way we thought it would. Cameron yeah. and Serbia might be flopped, but Brazil's going to win. And Switzerland's going to go through, and I do think it's that simple. Um, Brazil, this might be the only one that's surefire. That yeah, can get right. this is definitely where I think. Like, I think we were right before this match, before this World Cup started, and after two match days, I'm pretty comfortable calling this group. Anything can happen, right? Uh, but as I look at this. Brazil face Cameroon and Switzerland face Serbia. I could see Switzerland possibly having issues with Serbia. Yeah. I cannot see Brazil having issues with Cameroon. Absolutely not. Um, and unless Switzerland just completely biff it against Serbia, they're going to go through. They only I think that. So I think Jan Sommers will keep him in the game. He's an excellent goalkeeper. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So. 
All right, moving on to the last group. Uh, Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, and South Korea. Yes, sir. Uh, Portugal, oh, man, Google hadn't updated this. Sorry for people on this. I waited till Google was after this, but I did it when I got home, and I have a two-year-old. I did not actually read it. Portugal has six points, not three points, after two matches, and Uruguay still only has the one point after two matches because it was a... <clears throat> Two to nothing Uruguayan win. Before we get to Uruguay, though, I want to get to Ghana. And the reason why is because we have something else with the Portugal Uruguay match I want to get into, and because it's how the day ended. Um, but South Korea, Ghana. I thought this was very interesting. Um, very good game. I yes. Thought. Ghana went up 2 yep. 0. They went up 2 0 early. Um, not, er- not early, but earlier. In the first half. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, South Korea got two goals back, and then Ghana came right back. Yep. Uh, One thing I thought was interesting, Ghana has scored off of more than half of their chances inside the box. Like more than half of shots inside the box. Crazy. I mean, you're looking at this. This is a three-to-two match. The expected goals are 1.8 to 1.7. essentially Yeah. Uh, South Korea was a lead in that. Not that that matters that much when it's that small. Um, but this Ghanaian team, youngest team in the tournament, no one expected them to do anything. They're looking really good right now. I think there's definitely some promise, and they should feel happy about where they're sitting right now. Oh, yeah, especially because it's only going to get better. I mean, Thomas Partey's getting older, and he is such an anchor to that group. Um, and then IU's definitely getting older, obviously. Both of them. The young talent that they have. Wow. Yeah. Look good. I think they'll be all right. Uh, They got Dennis Adoy, who's – wait, am I – I'm thinking of a wrong person. Never mind. Uh, I was thinking of Colum Hudson Adoy, but that's two totally different people. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Their core is still good. They got Lamptey, um, Daniel Amarty. Wait. Yeah, that's right. Salasu, who's good. Um. Is this Iwu? No, I just had to make sure which Iwu was who. Yeah, and they're both the same age. So. Um, I think there's still some good promise with this Ghana team. I mean, I, I think, think Kudu looks amazing. He looks really, really good. He had two goals today. Yeah. I think they'll be uh, an African team f- contending for you know their African Cup of Nations and possibly pushing for more World Cups later on. So yeah, USA doesn't play their cards right. We are going to be uh, feeling the Ghanaian wrath again. Yep. Not a fan of Ghana in the World Cup. Anyway, nope. on to the last match of Match Day Two. Stretch it out, guys. Portugal, We're almost through. Portugal and Uruguay. Uh, this match was interesting. It had two Bruno Fernandez goals, although Cristiano Ronaldo would tell you that it hit one of his hairs on the first one. Um, before we get into the controversy around this match, uh, expected goals really fucking tight, really tight. Total shots pretty close. Uruguay actually with two bigger chances. The only thing from a stats perspective I want to take away from this is Portugal had 500 passes and Uruguay almost had 300. And their pass accuracy was dreadful. 
your yeah, was, yeah, it was a lot less. It was a lot less. Um, that being said, you had two goals in this match. One was one of those where the keeper was caught in between because it was going to be a header and it wasn't. And you're, I mean, it's Ronaldo. If any, he still has, I think, the best vertical in the game. Yeah, probably. Sounds like an NBA podcast right now, but I swear <laughs> to God, best vertical in the game. I don't know how he didn't hit it. And I think he didn't know how he didn't hit it, which is <laughs> why he claimed it. But the goalkeeper got so caught out. And that's also – that's a very dangerous ball where it's going to yep. be on goal anyway, and then you have a guy who's going to be there. And it's like, do I go? Do I not? Do I stay? Do I – what do I – Oh, And then you're just caught out in between. So that was goal number one. Goal number two was off a penalty, off a handball. Um, Dale Johnson of Twitter – doesn't work for Twitter. That's just where I know him from. Was irate about how that's not a handball. And it turns out in the IFAB rule book, there is a picture that is exactly the situation that happened, showing that that's not a handball. And yet they called it one. So that was your two goals right there. Ah, oh, Jesus. I, I, I can't remember. I think this happened earlier in the World Cup, too. Is either it earlier in the World Cup or it was uh, domestically for the Premier League where player did exactly this, hit his plant hand on the ground because you have to plant with your arm on the ground because you're just – it doesn't make sense otherwise. And it hit that planted yeah. arm. No yeah. penalty because – the it's arm, in a natural I, position. I mess up all the time. Your arm has to be somewhere. Yeah. So the argument is a natural position. But it's the same thing. When you have your arm close to the body and it hits here, and people go, oh, well, that's a hand. His arm has to be somewhere. Yeah. And if you hold it out here it and it gets hit, then everyone's absolutely screaming. The arm has to be somewhere. And when you're going down to the ground, your arm is going to be there to support you. Yeah. Um, Whoever the rules analyst was, I want to say it was Mark Clattenburg, but do not judge me on that. Um, whoever the rules analyst was for this immediately said that's not a handball. And then when VAR told the referee to go look at it, he said, well, they're going to call it a handball, but it shouldn't be. <laughs> Jesus. So there you go. There's that in a nutshell. My point being, I still think Uruguay gets out of this group. I know they have to win, and I know that whoever the guy on Fox was was talking about how dreadful it was for Uruguay because it's out of their hands. Um, what's out of their hands is South Korea has to beat Portugal or get a result at the very least, and Uruguay has to not get a result against Ghana, which possible, sure, but if I said, here's $100 bet on two games, and it has to be the Portugal-South Korea game and the Uruguay-Ghana game, you're probably putting money on Portugal and Uruguay. <laughs> I mean, I know Ghana's been playing well, but if things go the way they should right now, I still think Uruguay gets out of the group. I was going to say, you know, tell me what the money is because not the price, but the line. Even, even I might take even South Korea. Even odds. No. Uh, one thing I do want to bring up about South Korea that we forgot. I want to look this up real quick to make sure I have it. I have it right here. 
Let's look. Let's look. Where do they keep it? I don't know, but Uruguay nope. is looking pretty slow. So. Nope. South Korea, Ghana. Did, were you able to watch the end of this match? No. South Korea had just won a corner. And the referee blew the game shut before they had a chance to take that corner. That's not right. You know who the uh, referee was? Oh. Please tell me. Englishman. Yeah, hold on. His, his name is... Michael Oliver. No, Michael Oliver would never make a mistake like that. Who's a bald-headed fraud who makes mistakes all the time? I know. Now, Anthony Taylor. Anthony Taylor. <laughs> Anthony Taylor. Because they would and never fight. And I went, what the hell? And then I looked and I saw him and went, yep. And that's how that goes. Because they would never invite Chris Kavanaugh. Is it Chris Kavanaugh? No, oh, it is Chris Kavanaugh. Anyway, not to bring that up, yeah, I'm sure care. if you guys stick around, which if you could, please, when we go back to being not a World Cup podcast and a Premier League podcast, uh, you'll hear us talk about referees a lot. Yeah, because we love all of them. So we love much. all of them so much. They give us so much content to talk about. Hate all of them equally. Anyway, um, if you guys have made it this far, first of all, Thank you very much, because we are almost an hour and 10 minutes into this. Yeah, you guys are precious. We appreciate you. We do. Uh, secondly, if you have made it this far and you are on YouTube, please subscribe, like, and hit the notification bell. And if you guys are listening on your favorite podcast version of choice, please rate us. Rate us and follow us on Spotify or Apple. Those are both big helps. Yeah, because we want to know how we're doing. We want to yeah, know how to make it better. We want to do this for you guys. I mean, and for us, but for you guys. Um, on top of that, we have a Swinging at Shins Instagram page that we keep up with funny memes that we make, as well as when we come out with new episodes. Um, there is a Swinging at Shins Facebook page, and we are under the umbrella of Wicked Good Sports. So there's also a Wicked Good Sports Facebook and Instagram page as well as a YouTube channel, which you should also subscribe to because that's how you're going to know about our Wicked Good Sports clips that end up on there, as well as the Villa Villa by this guy and the Way West Stand by this guy on top of all your hockey, football, baseball, and basketball needs. So make sure that you check out that channel. All the links will be in the description below. For those of you listening, Aaron just waved. <laughs> We're getting tired. It's tired. It's late. I still got to edit. Time. We're going to get out of here. Uh, make sure that you pay attention to match day three. Final predictions tomorrow. You'll probably be listening to it today. U.S. men's team versus Iran. What do you think? Uh, USA three. We're going to figure out how to put in three. Two, All right. one. Three to one. All right. I'm going to, I was going to say three. I was going to say three to nil, but now I'm going to say two to nil. <laughs> I don't think we let Iran score. I really don't think we let them score. I think my worst fear is that it ends up nil nil, but I don't think it's going to happen. I'm thinking two to nil. Awesome. All right. Uh, if any of you guys are in the Albany area while listening to this, we will be at Wolf's Beer Garden. You can bet your bottom dollar on that. So. And I'll be drinking maple syrup. So Yep. Aaron has to drink maple syrup. Make sure you like the Facebook and the Instagram uh, pages so that you can watch that happen. Multiple times. 
multiple times. Oh, yeah. That's going to be on repeat. I'm going to do the whole boomerang thing. I sound like such a freaking boomerang. I'm going to do the whole boomerang thing. It's going to happen. Don't you worry about it. All right. This has been a recording of Swinging at Chins. Aaron, have a good one. Thanks. You too, Rat. Thank you guys for watching. We really appreciate you guys uh, hanging around here with us. Uh, if you enjoyed these clips, um, go check us out on Wicked Good Sports, um, where we have all kinds of soccer coverage, um, as well as our main podcast here, Swinging at Shins. Um, you can find the links in the description below.